What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to run through some SEC burning questions with our buddy Chris Marler as the season starts to wind down. Sad face. And we'll preview all the games this weekend as we have a few sneaky matchups amid a bunch of duds. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked on SEC. Great to have you guys along. Uh, today's episode is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and LockedOnSEC.com. All right, let's waste no time. Let's jump into it. Welcome in our buddy, Chris. Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. Marler, we got two weeks left of the regular season. This kind of sucks. I just, I hate everything about what you just said. It's awful. It's awful. Well, let's jump into it because I got some burning questions for you. And uh, I want to jump into it because as the season starts to wind down, we got a lot of questions. So let's jump into this one first, Marler. SEC burning question. Does LSU have any chance to give Georgia a game in the SEC title game? Um, you know, they, I would think they have a chance. It's LSU, right? Like, I mean, surely the moment won't be too big for them. And also I, I will say that like, there are a few teams in the SEC and maybe the country that, uh, that have a just innate swagger and, and confidence built into you just because of like where you're like the, the team on your chest, the, the logo on your helmet and just the state where you're from. I don't think they're going to be intimidated by Georgia. I don't know if they're, you know, I, how much can Harold Perkins do? Can he play receiver? <laughs> Punt return, kickoff return, just use him in every in every spot. It is an interesting stat, though. Kirby Smart is 0-2 against LSU since he's been at Georgia. So, um, and they've been kind of he's, lopsided games. They've not kind of lopsided games. They've been very lopsided games. All four of his losses in the SEC, like, or on SEC road games, are to SEC West teams, and they've all been by double digits. Also, let's not forget, like, I know they won the national title. I think they're the best team in the country uh, right now. But he's been very bad in this building. Yeah. Well, the Oregon game was pretty good. Well, I mean, yeah, but, like, all of the other <laughs> – I'll tell you what, he's been very bad in this building, not facing uh, <laughs> Bo Nix dressed up as a highlighter. How about that? It's true. It's true. It turns out Bo Nix as a highlighter is pretty good, but uh, they blew that one against yeah, Washington. Fair. Uh, our next bur- burning question, Josh Heupel, Brian Kelly, Kirby Smart. Who should win SEC Coach of the Year, in your opinion? They're going to give it to Heupel, and I, I wouldn't really argue against it. Kirby's going to get – I mean, he won't finish in the top three, I wouldn't think, at this point. Um, he should, though. Like, and, considering you won the title, you lost all you did, pretty darn good job of reloading. And Well, let me see if I'm doing this right, because I've, I've heard this from fans forever. Um it's not even how good of a coach he is. He's not that great of a coach. He just has all the the best players. It's just recruiting. Also, it's the coordinators that are under him. It's not It's not the uh, actual coaching from Kirby. No, I think you're right. Like, I, I think Kirby has surpassed Saban and, and everyone else in the country as the best coach in, like, not just for actual coaching, but, like, running that program, he is, he is killing it. Uh, 
So I don't think there's anyone in the country that can match that. But at the same time, Heupel is like a feel-good story, you know, and and also Brian Kelly. Like, I think Heupel will get it over Brian Kelly just because Brian Kelly is somehow less likable, I think, from like the like from a like a media perspective. Even though I love him, I think he's been great. I'll say this: like the Florida State loss to me is it was week one, and they lost on a missed extra point. That I right. kind of throw that one out the window for LSU, even though it is a loss. My question is, how much do you value value LSU's win over Ole Miss? Because that's really the difference maker. Both right. Tennessee and LSU beat Alabama. That's by far is their best win on, on both their schedules. So look at you know Tennessee's resume. They beat was it Pittsburgh that, when they were ranked like that. That yeah, was that a good win. But LSU's Ole Miss win is a really really good one as well. Now it was at home. Mm-hmm. So again, like, what do you think of that win? It's a top ten, top twelve win, whatever. But like. How much does that weigh in your mind versus what Heupel's done? And, of course, Heupel's look very flashy. Hennon Hooker's been outstanding. They just hung 66 on Mizzou. So, like, again, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy, but I know a lot of Tennessee fans are pretty strong about Heupel should win it. Well, Tennessee fans are pretty strong about anything involving uh, an opinion uh, on that on that school and that program for sure. <laughs> so, uh, especially on social media. No, I think I think you could give it to either because nobody, nobody thought Brian Kelly would be here this early. Right. Um. And and you know my dumbass like had him ranked seventh in the in division preseason. I, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, it's by far the worst take I had all year. But at the same time, I think like it. I think you give it to Hypo because that program has been like in the depths of just hell for like fifteen years. And Brian Kelly, nobody gave him a a, a shot at being able to do this. But I don't really know why, because he's been right. a fantastic coach his entire career. He's won everywhere he's been. And if you give it to Heupel, you could almost say collectively last year and this year combined what he's done right. is light years ahead of what Tennessee was the prior five years. So like, it's kind I of will, like a lifetime achievement award for the last two years. Yeah, I like that. I, I will say also I would give it to um, Jimbo Fisher for one reason and one reason only. Because the just selflessness he's he's had all year of being so bad bad uh, at, at his job and play calling, especially. Yeah. Um, it's the only reason why Bill O'Brien probably still has a job. And a credit to Jimbo standing your ground, Coach. Don't let them boys wear sleeves. You know? Come on. <laughs> I just, listen, it, I was wearing two sweatshirts and I had a hot hand in my pants. I'll say that. <laughs> Teach them a lesson. You can't wear sleeves, boy. Get out there. That's Jimbo's uh, mentality. All right, well, let's slide it in. You were in Auburn over the weekend. The next burning question, should Auburn consider hiring Cadillac Williams as their full-time head coach? I really don't like the fact that you said, let's slide it in. Here's the next burning question, uh, especially after um, the conversation with the hot hands in my pants. But yes, uh, I think he should be considered because, but like, what does considered mean? Like you're, you're going to give him an interview. It's it's a really tough situation because I don't think he's an, he's a viable candidate for them. I don't think he's a legitimate candidate. And I don't think that he should be either just because he's, he has so little experience and this has to be a very good hire if you're Auburn. And it's not saying he doesn't, he hasn't done a great job in this very short, short time. They showed fight against Mississippi State. They lost, and they beat an A&M team at home by three points. So I think it's it's great, and he's, he's getting the program, like, into a more stable place, and they're they're having fun again, right? Like, the whole – everyone is Bo Nix in the, in the stands. They're all having fun again. But, like, at the same time, this hire – you're, you're probably going to hire the person that may outlast Saban, like that may still be your head coach by the time Saban retires. And if you take this seriously and you nail it and you don't do what you did last time and the time before that, you might be in a, in a really good position where you can swing the balance of power in the state back to where it used to be before Saban got there. 
Yeah, to use a baseball analogy, it's like Cadillac just found a way to to get a base hit. All right, he got on he got on base. Let's celebrate right. it. But we want a home run. Like that's what the next Auburn head coach needs to be. They need it needs to yeah. be hit the name out of the park. Uh, our next SEC burning question, Marler: Should Alabama part ways with both coordinators this off no. season, Bill O'Brien no. and Pete Golding? I just don't listen. The, the Pete Golding stuff. It's I don't get it as much. Like there's been times like when you've been you can be frustrated at maybe some of the play calls lsu when he decided to only put one defensive lineman on the field in some like i don't know what package he was running a one six four i don't even know what that is like <laughs> that sounds like a double play I, like what are we doing right now one defensive lineman um i so yeah besides that i don't really have any any issues with pete golding alabama's ranked uh higher in almost every single defensive statistic um this year than they were a season ago they're still ranked in the top 20 in almost every single category. Um, so I don't think the sky's falling there. That being said, Bill O'Brien, I, I just think it's probably time for a, like a not saying he's been horrible at his job or he deserves all of the, the scrutiny that he gets because he doesn't. But yeah, it's probably time to to get somebody else in there, maybe some 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 fresh blood because the just the amount of close games that we have, uh can't happen. It seems like this is going to be one of those situations where they find him a job. Like, it's going to seem like a promotion. Oh, Bill O'Brien's got a head coaching job somewhere. Hey, good for you. Yeah, but, it's, Tech. but it's really like a mutual, hey, man, get get your ass out the door. Our next burning question, Marler, will there be any SEC head coaching changes this offseason? We know Eli Drinkwitz just got a raise, so he's staying. Brian Harson's already been fired. Any chance any other SEC coach could not be back next year? I mean, whoever Auburn hires – could absolutely still be fired in this offseason, you know, even even before he coaches a single game. That's just the Auburn way. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. It's it's a very odd year when like that sneaky, you know, five o'clock news dump uh, extension of of Drinkwitz was something else. Um, now I will say you may see a coach leave. Obviously, with uh, the Kiffin. Rumors about Kiffin, I wonder uh, if if Mark Stoops thinks about leaving and going somewhere else because of how uh, that fan base has been pretty upset and i feel this is, this is probably the first time he's had to deal with like expectations and not met them um now he also did just sign an extension as well last year i think so i think everyone just stays put yeah and 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 look expectations have been raised in kentucky but they're not out of this world like they're not going to run him out of town he can he can win nine games next year and they'll love him again and all that whereas like if he takes a wisconsin job the minute you win seven games there they're ready to run you out of town so Right. I, I think you're right. I think everybody stays put. All right, last burning question, Marler. Who should win the Heisman? Right now, I think, oh, man. <laughs> I almost just automatically said Hendon Hooker because I've been saying it all year. But Drake May, man, it, like the, the numbers he's put up and, and how important he's been to that, that team, I I admittedly don't understand. Like, I don't think anyone's on the same page as what the Heisman's supposed to be about. It's like, is it the, like the MVP, the, like the one that's like the, the best player in the country? Is it the, the player that means the most to his team? Is it, is it a, a white defensive end that had less sacks than somebody else in his own position, but his mom was hot, so they brought him to New York just because of it because he looks like Ivan Drago? I don't know. People don't forget. Um, <laughs> I, I think Drake May deserves it over C.J. Stroud. And it's not to say that C.J. Stroud's been bad, but he's been bad at least once. He was bad against uh, Northwestern, and and yeah, Drake, and, and Drake dude, May hasn't been bad at all. Nobody's, you're not fooling anybody. Stacking numbers against Indiana, right? Like, come on, like the Heisman has to mean something. It can't just right. be look at all these great numbers I put up against bad teams. Like, yeah, yeah, and the running back from Michigan too. Like, if if it 
it's a weird thing where it feels like the the Big Ten is going to end up with a little bit more postseason love than the SEC. Um, but it's all from those just those two teams. That's it. Yeah. Oh yeah, there are two team conference, and they may argue the the SEC is a little top heavy this year, but it is what it is. All right, Marlo, you are off the hot seat. Uh, when we return, we are going to jump into previewing some of the games this week in SEC Week Twelve. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Uh, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Look, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. The holiday season is almost here. That means you need to be finding the right people for your team faster and for free. Head to LinkedInJobs.com slash college. They will give you all the simple tool- tools you need, like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to hire and interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering uh, quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs, they help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And as the season winds down, guys, it is time to start talking bowls. And Houston's biggest college football event returns December 28th with the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Don't miss out on your chance to be a part of the passion, the pageantry, and the fun as the college football season draws to a close with the Big 12 taking on the SEC in a primetime showdown at NRG Stadium with conference bragging rights on the line. Tickets will go on sale Sunday, December 4th at taxacttexasbowl.com. But you can visit the website today and join the priority wait list now to get your first chance to buy tickets and exclusive discounts tax at tailgating live music great food and drinks and the spirit and energy that makes college football so much fun will be on full display for a fantastic night of college football that's december 28th in prime time at nrg stadium tax at for all the details and to sign up for the priority wait list that's tax at Run along here, locked on SEC, and continuing our conversation with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. And Marler, as we get into it, SEC Week 12, we'll start with just some of the, uh, I'll just run through some of these games. You just give me a very quick thought, very brief thought on just a few of them because some of these have no interest at all. 11 a.m. Central, it's 7-3 and three, Austin P at number 9 Alabama on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Austin, sit down to P. Um I just listen. I I don't know. I I don't get Bryce hurt. If you're if you're a Bama fan, like I will say, this is the only thought I have. Enjoy the first half because that's the second to last time you are ever going to watch Will Anderson and Bryce Young play uh, on that field and and in that uniform again. So you think one? Of, they're both going to play in the Iron Bowl, right? Yeah, and then then but they're not going to play in a bowl game, right? Yeah. So that this might be the get Jalen Milrow some experience to get him ready for the bowl game, right? No, I this cannot be that. It needs to be get Will Anderson seventy eight sacks, just like have him come off the edge unglued repeatedly, and then have uh, Bryce throw for like eighteen touchdowns. All right. Also at eleven a.m. Central, it is three and seven East Tennessee State at six and four Mississippi State on ESPN Plus. That'd be a hell of a baseball game. I feel like, or like a, a women's basketball game. Um, I, I have I have no feeling on this. I mean, I guess Mississippi State needs to bounce back because apparently Mike Leach is on the hot seat. It just yeah. 
it's kind of shocking too because if you're Mississippi State and you've been an eight and four program your entire entire existence, you go hire somebody that's been also an eight and four coach his entire existence. <laughs> kind of thought they would be a match made in heaven. What Just, did you expect? Right? No, I mean they'll yeah. win this one, but if he loses the the Egg Bowl, yeah, it's a seven and five season, and maybe they think about making a change. Uh, Eleven a.m. Central. We've got one and nine UMass. At three and seven, Texas A and M on ESPN Plus. I don't know about you, Marla. I want to watch this one. I think UMass, I, UMass is one and nine. They got a shot. I listen first. I there's no part of me that ever wants to watch UMass play anything outside of basketball in 1995, and that's it. Just <laughs> if Marcus Camby's not involved, I don't want to watch anything involving UMass. Um, God, it's just the worst colors too. Just that gross, like purplish maroon. This is gonna be an awful game. Um, <laughs> But it would be also hilarious if uh, if UMass wins. Here's the only thought I have about it. it one, is everyone going to be warm enough and not wearing sleeves like in that <laughs> in that college station weather? Because Jimbo, even though he shops at, um, at either Belk or or Cracker Barrel, is very stingy when it comes to long sleeves. Uh, your quarterback situation last week you had 13 straight incompletions. I mean, maybe maybe make a change again. I don't know. <laughs> like. <laughs> Maybe just put Jimbo's kid out there. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Guys, we're gonna put Connor Wegman and Haynes King both back there at the same time. Let's let's mix it up. It uh, might be better. Don't lose this one. <laughs> this is the one. They're thirty-three and a half point favorites. By the way, I know UMass is terrible, but that's a lot. Like all Aggies could win thirty-one to nothing, and UMass covers that line. So, like they did in the start of the year against uh, Sam Houston State. Yeah, sure. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, the other early game. It is six and four Florida. At four and six, Vandy on the SEC Network. Florida, a two-touchdown favorite. This one, I actually think, like, Vandy got a little confidence. Mike Wright was back in their quarterback. They they won, snapped the 26-game SEC losing streak, beating Kentucky last week. Vandy's playing with a little confidence. Florida's been looking good. That run game was dominant last week, but I think this mm-hmm. one could be entertaining. I, I think, actually, it will be entertaining because uh, Vandy has some level of explosiveness on offense and they have all season. They also have some ability to kind of turn you over and, and, and take the ball away and, and, you know, put you in a bad spot. This game should always be played in Vandy. I I'll, I'll make you a bet right now. There is no chance. It's not either extremely overcast or raining during this game. Cause it has been every time these two have ever played in Nashville Two, Um, I was so happy for for Mike Wright and and Vandy winning that game last week against how that awful awful Kentucky team. Um, even though I know it's probably still going to boost Will Levis' stock with after the loss, <laughs> first round pick. But my my main takeaway will, the the human the human flaccid penis that is Clark Lee just it, that's exactly what it looks like. He's a, he's a good looking dude, but still, um, he said at media days that if. They expect to win against Bama, Ole Miss, Georgia, and teams like that. So if they did win, they weren't going to celebrate at all because that's what they expect to do. He won against Kentucky last week at home, and he cried. Yeah. <laughs> I respect it, well, but, like, you know, come on, bro. It's been a long, it's been a long season for Fanny. They need something to celebrate. Um, if you were betting, would you take Florida minus 14 initial blush? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Uh, I'll take the over, too. Last of the uh, crappy games, 6.30 Central on ESPNU. It's 4-5 and five New Mexico State at 4-6 and six Mizzou. Uh, Missouri, a 28.5-point a, 28 favorite. <laughs> Nobody's going to watch this game. Not even Mizzou. No. <laughs> also, Mizzou's the only team in the SEC that will, that like, as soon as you said ESPNU, I was like, that's got to be Missouri. That's just got to be Missouri. I, I, I don't understand, like, 
it makes no sense to me. Um, anyway, yeah, Mizzou looked good for a you know twenty five minutes of that game against Tennessee last week. Uh, my only takeaway for this one, I don't know what's coming on after this game on ESPNU. <laughs> it's probably like like Chase or whatever it is. Like uh, like they, they have like tag games of tag now on ESPN during the yeah. day. Um, Behind the scenes of the Clemson Mizzou, program, like they do stuff like that. <laughs> if if I turn on the channel and I see Mizzou has like eight minutes left before the game that is supposed to come on after that, and they're calling timeouts and they're down or up thirty. I will drive to Columbia and I will fight Eli Drinkwitz. <laughs> you want to know why this game is important, though, Marler? The, a win gets them to five and six. They will uh, they will have a big game against uh, against Arkansas. Arkansas next week. But even if they lose that, because they are so good in, in the academic progress rate standing, five and seven will get them should get them a bowl invite if there's not enough six and six teams. So this is a big win. If Mizzou can win this one, they could still be bowl eligible at five and seven. So just I, I hope that like. If that happens, that'd be great. Because I, I like I, I'm not like one to pile on Mizzou. I do like Mizzou, and and their fans are great. But I hope that whoever they have to draw in that bowl game is like the same crappy team that they just. I hope it's New Mexico State, or I hope it's UMass. It's not gonna be UMass. UMass is one and nine. Remember last year when they made him play Army, and it was like, oh my god, this yeah. what a nightmare scenario for that terrible defense. And they lost. It was Brady Cook yeah. getting his first taste of quarterback. All right, Marler, we're gonna get into some. Uh, some of the better games in just a second coming up uh, here on Locked on SEC. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. want to remind you about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, your stats, news, and analysis throughout the remainder of this season and also for the start of college basketball. You get all the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there. Like I said, from basketball to football to soccer, even eSports, they've got it all up at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they've got those up as well. Always the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting fix. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device. It's the easiest thing. Just start your day off. Open your mobile device. Go to BetOnline.net. You'll get all the... uh, uh, pieces you need to get ready to make your weekend bets, and that is up at Bet Online as well. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. Try them today, and again, bowl season right around the corner. You want to make sure you're making some of those games interesting. The matchups not as sexy; they become more sexy if you're using BetOnline.net and uh, getting in on the action. BetOnline.net. <laughs> All right, one more segment with our buddy Chris Marler from the College Football Uncensored podcast. And Marler, let's get into a couple of games. We we have we did five. We got five more. There's a lot of games in the SEC this week. But let's just get your thoughts quickly on a few of these. We'll start with 3 p.m. Central. This is an intriguing one. It's seven and four Western Kentucky at four and six Auburn on the SEC Network. Auburn is a five and a half point favorite. To me, this is a big one for Cadillac. Like. Beat Western Kentucky. Come on. So I did not realize that, that this gives a five-and-a-half-point line. I, I, I always bring this up, and I saw it like 12 years ago, and it's stuck with me ever since, and I'm pretty sure the, the more that I've referenced it, which is every time I see this line, I probably am wrong, like even more wrong than I was the last time I, I brought it up. But I'm pretty sure 12 years ago I saw a stat that said over the, like the, the course of every single NFL and college football season since 22, uh, two, the year 2000, if you have a five-and-a-half or five-point favorite, those teams are not covering in 73% of the game and losing outright in 58% of them. Wow. 
If anybody challenges me on that, uh, please don't. <laughs> um, that being said, like that's a that's a dangerous spot for them. Like the good news for Cadillac, if he loses, it Auburn will do what Auburn always does, which is you know fought until the end, man, and and you know talk about how great the Eagle flew and and how they <laughs> they believe in Auburn still and they love it and they, they are they are past the point of being embarrassed about losses at this point. Now, Western Kentucky, by the way, they're 7-4 they're and four on the season. They got blown out by North Texas a few weeks ago, but their other three losses in overtime at Indiana, a close loss to Troy, and close loss at UTSA. So three of their four Ooh, like losses were all close. Western's a pretty good team. So Auburn is not they, – they've been playing better in areas that make no sense for them to be playing better, like on the offensive line and the defensive line. Like, I mean, Carnell has nothing to do with that. The only thing I hope that happens in this game – is that Brian Harson shows up in the like just standing in like on the top of the stadium in like a long black trench coat and like sting face paint with like a bat and just terrifying everyone for the last home game of the year. He could just put his aviators on and come out with the cops on the field, you know. That's kind of where he belongs. He fits in that crowd. That's for sure. Uh, let's get into a few of the other ones. Uh, we'll save the uh, CBS game of the week in just a second. But how about 7 p.m. Eastern? It is number five, Tennessee, at 6-4 and four South Carolina on ESPN. Tennessee, a 21.5-point favorite. SEC Nation is going there. Uh, I mean, this is all just for Hendon Hooker to continue to put up stats for his Heisman and Josh Heupel to keep putting up tons of points to try to convince the playoff committee they deserve to be in, even though they're not playing for an SEC title. Uh, not even playing for a division title. And, yep. and for me personally, that's where I draw the line. I, if you don't play for the conference title because you don't win your division, I don't think you should be allowed in, um, especially if you're Tennessee. No, I, I think that the <laughs> from a betting standpoint, I don't care what the line is. It could be like 30, it, but Tennessee to cover the first half spread. I was a little bit surprised they they kind of slept walk early in that game against Mizzou. Um, they haven't really struggled that much on the road this year, so I'm not worried about that. I think that this is like – Hypo understands one with they have to like the the style points, and then two, getting Hendon like like a Heisman would be, or even getting to the Heisman ceremony um, would be a huge huge accomplishment for him in year two. Yeah, and, and for poor South Carolina, they got to finish with Tennessee and Clemson. Like you're six and four, probably going to finish six, six and six, which is what they did a year ago. But man, this six and six feels a lot bleh, compared to what Shane Beamer did a year ago. Yeah, I mean they they. That schedule is never going to be easy. I, I didn't understand why everyone was so high on them in Arkansas before the season started, but yeah, they had to open with Georgia, dude. They closed with these two. They had to open with Georgia. Yeah, and did anybody think like Clemson was just going to fall off the face of the earth? They're still pretty good and still I trying did. to play for an AC, a, you know ACC title and maybe a shot in the playoff. All right, uh, six thirty Central. It is number eleven Ole Miss at five and five Arkansas on the SEC Network. Ole Miss just a two and a half point road favorite. Maybe we're expecting KJ Jefferson back for Arkansas, but that's Ole Miss. They fancied themselves as a top ten team all year. That seems like a yeah. low number. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, how do they bounce back? Like, you know, because everything that I've seen from from that game against Alabama, uh, you know, like the, the, the game was stolen from them for one, um, for sure. And you know, Jackson Dart, I, I'm not sure if his if his head is even on his body at this point because of of just how brutal uh, the face back face mask penalty was from Dallas Turner. Um, listen, it's like, it's Tuesday when we're recording this and, and Kiffin's still talking about that part of it. Uh, also, I'm not sure if you've been keeping up with flight tracker season. No, I haven't. Is he going to Auburn? I mean, they are in discussion and like that, that some, 
at least somebody's flying a plane uh, from Auburn to Ole Miss. They've done it twice in the past two days. So it could just be some some asshole that has a private jet, which is a solid move. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And an incredible troll. But the, the two-and-a-half-point spread, I wouldn't touch because, like, Arkansas's weakness is the pass defense, right? That That's not what Ole Miss does on offense. Like, like that's, that's not what their forte is. Um, you saw it a week ago is the worst looking line of the whole week. It was like, why is LSU with only a three point favorite? And then they won by exactly three. So I would, I would stay away from the betting part of this. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss comes out, lays a dud. And then, and Kiffin announces shortly after that, that he's leaving. Man, that's, it's a like bold prediction, time. but what a, what a, like from being undefeated a few weeks ago, thinking you're, you have a chance to run the table, win the SEC and make the playoff to suddenly losing three and then you lose your coach. That would be a high uh, wave of emotions for Ole Miss fans. All right, let's get into it, Marler. The SEC game of the week, 3.30 Eastern. It's number one, Georgia, at number 24, Kentucky on CBS. Uh, Georgia, 22.5-point road favorite. Yeah, and it probably should be more. Um, Man, like, this this closes so well for Stetson Bennett because it's so much fun that, like, he kind of gets to go on his own personal, like, like you know, uh, berries and cream, berries and cream celebration dance on on all these like better quarterbacks that like you've you've heard about being like top ten picks. You got Anthony Richardson, you got Hinton Hooker, and you got what's his name, uh, Will Levis. Will Levis is he's just been so bad. He's been so bad. It, but what there is one silver lining here because it, it's sixteen of his twenty one total starts at Kentucky, he's had at least one interception. I brought it up last week. Chris Rodriguez, not much better holding on to the football, uh, even though he had a big game a week ago. I, I don't know if they were looking ahead to Georgia. I don't know why they would be because they've been dominated by Georgia for the last six years since Kirby's been there. Um, it, Will Evans played the best game of his life like against Georgia last year. No interceptions. Does that happen again? I don't It was close. It was close for a half, right? Like they hung around for a while and then uh, – so there's a there's some some commotion and some some whispers around uh, the state of Georgia and, and the message boards that have said Kirby has circled this one on the calendar, which I don't know why he would. But you remember last year in that game, Kentucky covered the spread because they called a, a two timeouts on the goal line with less than 30 seconds to go. That's what it was. Yeah. So does Kirby get revenge on that? I don't know why he would, but I think it's going to be a blowout either way. Yeah, it was 14-7 at the half last year. So Kentucky hung around and then. Georgia pulled away, outscoring them sixteen to six in the in the second half. But you know, is this a little ahead spot? Is Georgia looking ahead to Georgia Tech next week? And uh, you know, yeah. I mean, listen. First off, <laughs> that, that rivalry, clean old fashioned hate. What? That, that, I mean, that, that is would need to Tennessee. That of, needs of, to go of away. The, uh, rivalry week. Why are we playing that? That needs to go away. That's not a rivalry. No. <laughs> Don't say that. First off, Georgia Tech beat them like in Kirby's first year. Look, it's playoff expansion time, Marler. We're doing away with all traditional rivalries. We're throwing them all out the window. Get used to it. Start I just f- need Georgia Tech to, to still be a program. I need Bill O'Brien to take that job and, and leave me alone and then and then turn that program around. Look, South Carolina, Texas. Get with it. That's the new rivalry. We're going to start the... Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, hold on real quick. Let me ask you, I know we got to go, but what what is the one rivalry game do you think Greg Sankey tries to force on us this this time around for expansion. I pray it's it's Vandy in, like, Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got, like, I don't know. I think they're going to go with the pod thing. So, like, the the one that, they, that I've seen most that would benefit is, I think, South Carolina. I want to say some of the mock pods out there have them getting, like, Vanderbilt. I, I forget what it is. But, like, there's a few teams out there, like, 
like one for A&M, they were like, their permanent pod should be Texas, Oklahoma, and LSU. I'm like, that sucks for A&M. Like, that's a yeah. brutal, that's a brutal pod, but I don't know. We'll see. It's all I mean, I don't works. think geography is going to really have to go into it. You know, Bama's going to get Vandy, Vandy, and then probably South Carolina. They'll get Vandy twice for sure, that same. same <laughs> for Bama, you got to keep the, the Iron Bulls. You keep Auburn, and, and I think the Tennessee rivalry, you keep them, and then probably get Vandy for good measure. So, Bama, yeah. that'll work out. But we'll see. We have what three years to talk about that still? <laughs> like, oh, can we can we get I'll probably this? Probably be watching football at that point. Saban will be retired. I'll I'll quit. Yeah, Big Ten football will be on CBS, and uh, it won't even matter. So we'll all we'll all just be uh, rolling over in our graves watching Northwestern versus Iowa on the CBS. I can't, I can't tell you how much I hate the fact that you opened this podcast by saying that we have two weeks left of football, and then closed it by bringing up the Big Ten being on CBS. So oh, yeah. I'm going to leave. <laughs> By the way, is Gary Davison okay? What the hell was that on? Did you see that on Saturday? I, I just the amount of people that made the comment about it, he seems like he's sad because Bama's losing. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean Gary, you know, Gary loves Bama. Um, now, Gary just loves talking and saying words incorrectly. That's all Gary loves. He does get them wrong, but we wish him the best. All right, Marlo, thanks for the time, man. We'll do this again next week. We will not if you keep up that attitude. All right, that's Chris Marler. Uh, follow him on social media, at Vern Funquist. Always uh, fun talking college football and SEC with him. All right, thank you guys again for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter to the uh, the most to the biggest stories in sports. You go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow for a whole new edition talking all things SEC football. Have a great day.